0: Today, I'm glad to welcome back to the show Trevin Wax. Trevin is the Vice President of Research and Resource Development at the North American Mission Board and a visiting professor at Cedarville University. A former missionary to Romania, Trevin is a regular columnist at the Gospel Coalition and has contributed to the Washington Post, Religion News Service, World and Christianity Today, which named him one of the 33 millennials shaping the next generation of evangelicals. He has served as general editor of the Gospel Project and has taught courses on mission and ministry at Wheaton College. He is the author of multiple books, including The Thrill of Orthodoxy, Rethink Yourself, This Is Our Time, and Gospel Center Teaching. Trevin, welcome back to the show.
1: Glad to be on, Aaron. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, glad to have you back on. I think we had you on just a little over a year ago to talk about uh, The Thrill of Orthodoxy. And that was a fun episode. And uh, I really enjoy your writing. And so uh i appreciate the work you've done over the years and so it's great to have you back on today we're talking about your newest book uh or as you were telling me a moment ago a book that you feel like isn't yours but one you put together you can explain that to us here in a second uh called the life of jesus or life of jesus in 30 days talk to us about this book um what it's about and what inspired you to write it So this is the,
1: the second in a series, um, back, I guess, I guess to, to, the, to make the story, the short story long on this, I think back in 2019, actually, I started, um, a, a prayer journey of going through the Psalms in a month, Mm -hmm. Psalms in 30 days. And um, I followed the, the breakdown of the Psalms, the way that it's been put together for centuries in the Book of Common Prayer. And I, but I wanted to do a three times a day instead of a two times a day reading. So I would have a morning, a midday, and an afternoon, you know, just time of prayer where I would be going through all of the Psalms in a month. Mm-hmm. That has been a, a discipline for the church for a long time, the uh, Christians for centuries and centuries now have found a lot of spiritual fruit in praying through the Psalms in a month. Um, But you know, the Psalms and a lot of times you'll hear people say, Oh, just do five Psalms a day and a Proverbs a day. And you'll, you know, you'll, you'll be able to get through them all, which is, which is true. But the Psalms aren't all the same length. So five Psalms a day when Psalm 119 is thrown in there is going to take you a long time. Right. So I was thinking through, okay, how do I, how do I break these down in such a way? So I followed the, the Book of Common Prayer way of doing it, but I was like, I want to do it three times a day. And I want to put together a prayer journey that has sort of a, a, a liturgical structure, like a daily, what's called a daily office, that will, that will keep me praying a lot. Like will actually have me you know, on my, on my knees before the Lord every, every day, three times a day. And so I, I worked on that in the fall of 2019 and started doing it and loved it. And then when COVID hit, it was one of the biggest blessings of the COVID season, because you know that, that during that time, during the lockdowns and everything here we are, Mm -hmm. I mean, basically everybody's stuck at home or, you know, just, you know, in, in, in a certain place or sphere. And so having like marking out the days with a three times a day rhythm was, was really good. And so about that time is when I, I I kind of revised it a bit and then we, we wound up putting it out in, in 2021. And then, uh, Life of Jesus in thirty days was the the next iteration. I was like, So if we can do that for the Psalms, surely we can do that for the Gospels as well, and so the idea was and i 'm working now on letters of Paul, actually, which will come out next year uh, so this is a way of okay, how do I do it like a deep dive into the Gospel accounts of Jesus, but not just to read through the Gospels in a month but to read through all the major stories and events in jesus's life and his teaching but to do so in a way that is constructed around praying and mm. so it follows the same pattern as the psalms in 30 days and that i'm you know there's a there's a liturgical structure to it and we can get into that a little more as as we go if you want but but that's the idea it's 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 not just a devotional it's a prayer journey that intends to 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 have us be saturated in scripture in a way that leads us to respond with, with prayer.
0: Yeah, that's great. So you mentioned a few times how you were wanting to do something, even back when you were kind of just starting to work on this uh, for your own devotionals, um, you were wanting to do something that would give you the opportunity to pray through the Psalms three times a day. And in the book, you have it broken down into, uh, morning, midday and evening reading. So following that three times a day pattern, what is the significance of that? Why three times a day? Why those three times a day? Uh, is it just, that's what it is. There's really no significance to it. Or is there kind of a, uh, you know, a a deeper reason for that pattern?
1: Well, there's. I mean, you can you can find you know th- you can find biblical precedent for this. Uh, the psalmist often talks about uh, evening, morning, and midday, and that, the reason that the psalmist usually starts with evening is because the Jewish mindset is sundown is the beginning of the next day, right? So uh, you can you see the psalmist talking about you know evening, morning, and midday, uh, um or noonday, you know, uh, with with a you know. a a lament to god or or taking our our concerns to god so so you have this in the old testament as well you have the pattern of ritual praying even in someone you see like daniel who went to the same spot every day and would pray and this is what got him in trouble of course and got him thrown in the lion's den but you you would see that uh there was that 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 ritualistic aspect you can find in the scriptures uh you see Patterns of praying, even in the Gospels, obviously Jesus in the early morning, you know, um, sometimes at night praying. So, so you've got this throughout the Scriptures, but then you've got the the witness of church history on this. So, uh, I've got on my shelf back here the Didache, which is one of the earliest Christian documents outside of the New Testament, and something of a manual of discipleship, basically, that comes from, you know, the the early second century. AD. And, um, it's fascinating to look at what is in there and what's not in there. Like that's just, that manual is fascinating for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of the sermon on the Mount that's sort of repurposed in there. There's a lot of stuff about, you know, refraining from sexual immorality, from greed, all sorts of stuff. But what's fascinating is the, the instruction of the earliest Christians as they were, you know, instructing the people they were baptizing or had just been baptized there, they, they would tell them you pray the Lord's prayer three times a day. Um I mean that was like that 's mm-hmm. just like a non negotiable in the for the early church. the early mm-hmm. Christians were like, Yes, this is you know make sure you pray the lord 's prayer, what you know our Father, what God gave us, what Jesus gave us, pray that three times a day so so even there in the early church, you find this uh this pattern of three times a day praying. And, of course, that gets extended out. So if you look at, like, the monastic traditions and whatnot, you'll find seven times a day prayer where, like, you know, where it'll go through. And, like, there's all these different hours of praying and you pray certain things at certain times and whatnot. Um, I'm not trying to, like, recreate that level of intensity of of praying, you know, that many times a day where you wake yourself up in the middle of the night to pray and whatnot. But I thought, okay, morning prayer easy enough for most people. I mean, like, if that's what you want to start your day with, that's making a conscious decision. I'm not going to reach for my phone. I'm going to reach for my Bible and my prayer book first. Mm-hmm. Uh, evening prayer right before I go to bed or around the time I'm going to go to bed, that makes a lot of sense. It's a lot of times you're in the same vicinity. Yeah. But I think there is something special about a midday prayer. And you'll see in my, in my resources, both in Psalms and in Life of Jesus, the midday prayer is not as long as the morning and the evening structure, but it's uh, because you don't, you obviously, a lot of times the people tell me I have a harder time with a midday one just because so much is going on. But there is something special, I think, about punctuating your day with prayer. You know, in the middle of the day at some point, whether it's noon, whether it's two o'clock, you know, if you get to it, you know, right when you finish work or maybe right after lunch or something before you start your next part of the day, there is something, even if it's only five minutes, just reorienting yourself once again in the middle of the day that I find really. Powerful over time especially so so that's kind of the idea it's kind of a mix of you've got some biblical precedent you've got the early church, you've got the monastic traditions, and then you've got you know the 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 Book of Common Prayer and you've got other traditions that lead us to this kind of thinking through uh, how many times a day and why.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, many of us today in the American church, uh, aren't very historically minded unless you come from, you know, a couple of different denominations, but most of us aren't. And so I think for probably a lot in the audience, this idea of having these three offices of the day, you know, as it's referred to sometimes that we go to in prayer, uh, it, it is probably a new idea. I think a lot of us were raised with the idea of, well, you should have like a morning devotion, where you pray and then you probably should pray a little bit before you go to sleep. Maybe you pray before a meal. Uh, but this structure of praying three times a day at these daily offices, it's probably new for a lot of us. As you've practiced it, um, what was the value that you saw in it beyond just those three those three moments? In other words, did the structure of praying three times a day, do you, do you think that it has this effect that goes beyond those um, those three specific times to the rest of our days, our weeks and just the way that we approach life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about the way that you stru- your day is structured somehow. Already, right? So, I mean, generally when we think of three times a day, we think about food. <laughs> right? We think about eating. Mm-hmm. We think I'm going to eat in the morning, I'm going to eat at lunchtime, I'm going to eat in the evening. Like my I don't know about you, but my day more than I probably want to admit it is structured around When the next meal is, and what it's going to be, and where am I going to go, and what you know, what I'm going to eat, um, you know, what my wife has cooking, or what's going on. So we do structure our days anyway, and the three times a day pattern we generally use for food. Well, why not do that for spiritual food? Is my question. So I guess, I guess, my question is, if we're, if we're already orienting our day around physical sustenance, then what better way of adding into the structure of our day? A, the reminder of our need for, you know, that we don't live on bread alone, uh, for 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 spiritual sustenance, um, and and so having that sort of Bible intake three times a day, I do think I think over time is is powerful. It's it's not that you're gonna you know feel a lightning bolt of inspiration every time you you kneel to pray and you and you read the reading for the for the the, the morning or the evening or the midday, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's doing something, it's saying something. Just like not every meal that you have at home is a feast, you know. I mean, you're gonna. Sometimes it's like a little snack or sometimes you eat a little bit and, but it still sustains you, right? It keeps you. And so, and so I think there's something about it, it since you already have structure in your day, why not just structure your day at some level around prayer Um and like make the, it, it just, for me, I don't know about you, but like, I have, like, I've always struggled to pray regularly, like to make sure that I'm like actually going before the Lord and I'm like, recognizing my dependence on him and you know Paul says pray continually that's not easy pray without ceasing like what does that mean like I, yeah. I don't i don't know everything Paul means by that but surely me putting myself on my knees in that sort of posture of prayer three times a day is one way of getting me closer to what that is of 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 ensuring that days are not going to slip by without me being going before the lord like that's for me, that's where the, the structure really comes in and helps. It's, you know, if we can structure our, you know, ourselves around, you know, cleaning up in the morning or like um, um, you know, brushing our teeth before, you know, when we wake up and before we go to bed or whatnot, like we have all these rituals already. We, we should make sure that prayer is one of them. And yeah. I think we tend to downplay the power of that because we think that the spirit only moves through spontaneity. But I think we ought to recognize the spirit also moves through structure. And it doesn't mean that the structure necessarily is itself what is going to make the spirit, um, um, you know, uh, speak to us. It's it's yeah, a way yeah. of hoisting the sails and then trusting that the the wind will blow.
0: Yeah, it's a way of making sure that you can continue going in prayer. That's right. Because without intentionality, that usually means that you just don't. <laughs> yes. Um, it, and you know, or, a lot of at least people, I think of, for most people, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, Aaron, I think, struggle with prayer, which is where I think the structure comes in. Um, And can help, but you know, even then, I don't want people to feel guilty or like it's legalistic or like, oh, if they miss the midday reading today, oh my goodness, they didn't get their prayer in, or you know, they 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 forgot one morning when they woke up to to start the day in prayer. Like there, there's all sorts of ways that you know you kind of pick back up and you keep just like sometimes you miss a meal or you you know, there are just there's no like thou shalt from the Lord on this, but but I do think that there's something special about just reserving time. I. You know, if you if you do this, if you do Psalms in 30 days or Life of Jesus in 30 days, you b- between the three periods of time, you'll be praying basically 30 minutes a day. 30 minutes sounds like a lot for a lot of people, right? Because yeah. they're just like, I mean, I don't know when I could sit down. I've run out of stuff to say after like five minutes, you know, this it helps you pray for 30 minutes a day. Now, it's not 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening, 30, it's just... It's, you know, maybe 10 minutes in the morning, you know, 10, 15 minutes in the morning, 10 to 12, 15 minutes in the app in the evening, and then maybe five to 10 minutes in the, in the, in the midday. So like, if you do that, you're praying 30 minutes a day. It's just broken up over three times. Um, yeah. and I do, I, I found it to be extraordinarily helpful and I can't even imagine now my spiritual life without it.
0: Yeah. And I think that a lot of us, once again, and this would be myself included, we are raised with, um, with people. Held up to be admired, who had like these two-hour prayer sessions every morning, which is amazing if you can do, you know, if if you can do that. The, the ones who would get up at four a.m. to to read and pray uh, and, and be with God for two hours or so, and that was always held up as like this is what your goal should be. And like you said, many of us like struggle to stay focused in prayer beyond just ten minutes. We forget that, like historically, like this was common to have multiple short times throughout the day that you were you're reoriented back towards God, you were immersed in scripture, you were going in prayer, because um, I, I think that we discount, the way that I look at it is like compounding interest. I think that we discount the compounding effect of these regular, intentional short times of going to the Lord in prayer and scripture and the effect that they can have in the long run. Like you said, doing this may not give you this huge spark of inspiration every single time at, at your midday or your evening prayer, but doing it consistently over time, uh, it, it has a compounding effect. You do, you will find yourself over time, eventually becoming someone who is, um, who it becomes more of a natural instinct to pray to the Lord before you're going into a stressful meeting. Whenever you're stuck in traffic, whenever you're at the grocery store, you've got some anxieties weighing on the back of your mind. You'll you will you'll find yourself more quickly going to the Lord in prayer, even if it's just a short prayer of Lord, help me, Lord, be with me, um, than you did before, because you're building that habit of bringing your mind back to God's presence.
1: Yeah, I mean that there is something about the compound effect of that. Of I mean, if you pray the Psalms every month, that's that, like that kind of changes you, and that you start to you start to feel the what the words are that you're praying from the psalmist like the psalmist mm-hmm. his relentless god centeredness his thirst and hunger for justice his his uh recognition of his need for uh god the his his looking back at the past faithfulness of god his lamenting the the everything wrong with the world his his desire to see god uh, um do what god has promised to do like all of that begins to seep into just the way you see the world over time. And I think the same is true And with this life of Jesus in 30 days. I mean, there's nothing like encountering Jesus three times a day. It's 90 times over a 30-day period where you're going to deliberately put yourself in a posture of hearing from your king. Like that's the, that's the idea. And I mean, you can do that with just the gospels. You don't need the prayer guide to do that. I, I do think there is something to be said about the structure even of a prayer time, which is, you know, which is part of what I'm doing with, with these resources is that, um, is that they're, they're deliberately intended to, to take us through the, the, the scriptures in a way that, that leads us to pray alongside of others. So for example, if you're doing the life of Jesus in 30 days, um, the morning and the evening prayer times are a little longer, and they have they have like in the morning you have a confession of faith, so you may recite a you know a, a portion of the of the the Nicene Creed or the Apostles Creed or from you know there's a confession of faith a Protestant confession of faith that I pull from sometimes or maybe it's something from Scripture you know Philippians two uh, talking about Jesus emptying himself and becoming a um taking the form of a servant you know so all of that it, that that may be something. That's, there's a confession of faith in the morning. In the evening, there's a confession of sin. It may come from you know, Psalm 51, from the scriptures, or it could come from you know, just historic, someone throughout church history, uh, a confession of sin that's been used in the church before. So you have that, you have those elements. Um, and then in the morning and the evening, you also have what we put in there as a canticle. It's a song from scripture. And what I love to do, and one of, the, one of the most exciting things for me when I'm going through the life of Jesus in 30 days, is I pick particular songs or canticles from the Old Testament that correspond at some level with what's happening in the gospel reading for that morning or evening. So, mm. you know, if there's, a, um, if there's a, a canticle where you see some theme from Isaiah— being fulfilled in the life of Jesus—that's the song that you sing right before or after you go to that reading. The same thing is true with, you know, a psalm. If there's a, a particular psalm that corresponds at some level with what it is that you're reading, it's not a, a close one-to-one correlation all the time, but so often we see the the gospel writers, we see Jesus Himself looking back to Isaiah, looking back to the prophets, looking back to the psalmist as they're telling the story of Jesus. So. There's something about, you know, combining these scriptures to where you really begin to, to, to see how they flow together. And the other thing, and the thing that people, Aaron, talk to me most about, that they tell me is the biggest surprise. It's not the Psalms. It's not the Gospels. Most of the time, people that are picking up a prayer journey like this are somewhat familiar with those things.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: say, man, I am blown away by some of the prayers from the church. Yeah. Because in the morning in the evening sessions, there's always we, we'll use a prayer from the church. It may be from like a a, a, a you know a more liturgical book like the P- Book of Common Prayer or something like that, but a lot of times it's you know it's a prayer from augustine or it's a, an, a, pra- a prayer from Anselm or you know a, a prayer from someone throughout church history, and you know I've been kind of collecting these that have really moved me over the years for for more than twenty years now, and to be able to put them. Into a resource like this, to where suddenly, like you know, you're you, suddenly you're praying, you're lifting your voice along with Charles Virgin or with John Wesley, or you know, the, like uh, Jane Austen is in there. Like there's some there's there's different people throughout history who have composed these beautiful, passionate prayers. And you know, when you lift your voice and you join your voice to the the the, the Christians who have gone before us, I, I like to compare it to like you know, a kid trying on your mom or dad's shoes up in the closet, you know, like you're, you're, you're kind of clunking around in daddy's shoes Mm -hmm. and just wondering, are my feet ever going to get that big? You know, (laughs) that I'm going to be able to like fill these shoes. It's kind of like that. You, you, you read these prayers from people who have gone before us. And it's, sometimes people are like, I don't even know how you could pray a written prayer because it's not your heart, not your words, but that's the whole point. It's, it's, you want your heart to align with that heart. You want your words to, to be able at some point, you want to grow into the spiritual stature to be able to pray something like that. And so what better way than to practice, right? Than to, you know, it's what we do when we're kids. We mimic what our moms and dads say. Well, that's what we do in the faith as well. And mm-hmm. so, so that's the idea of having that structure, you know, to where there's, it, it's, it's, it's the, you work through the gospels, but you've got this, this structure, this path, that's meant to guide you as you, as you walk, as you go through the life of Jesus.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I, I was wanting to talk to you about the, those historical prayers. So I'm glad that you uh, brought those up. But one thing that I'm kind of reflecting on as you're talking about how, and yeah, uh, you know, I appreciate this in the book, but just appreciated more hearing you talk about it, how there's a lot of genres of literature sprinkled throughout even just the day-to-day of, uh, of this book. There's the narrative of the gospels, the, the references to Old Testaments and the songs that come from different uh, poetry sections, prophecy sections. There's, there's prayer, uh, there's confession. So you you have a lot of genres all mixed together in here. And so I think you'll appreciate this question because you're, you're a word guy. Um, What is the benefit for us? intellectually and spiritually of soaking in multiple different genres of of word (laughs) of words uh, uh, through this because i think a lot of the time we we get one in a devotional time it's usually well if it's a psalm it's a psalm if it's a gospel it's a gospel if it's a letter it's a letter but we're getting a lot here and so i think there's something uh, really unique about that so can you unpack that for us and you know was was there some intentional goals behind blending those genres together and uh and and how that can benefit us
1: well the way i think about it is um you know i i don't know that i would say there was intentionality around blending the genres as much as it is this is the bible we've got i mean the bible blends the genres like you you look at the bible and you find historical narrative you find you know love poems you find uh, songs proverbs uh, you know wisdom literature apocalyptic languages in in uh, apoc- apocalyptic genre um, the gospels are you know biographical narrative with a worshipful orientation all their own and then you've got you know the letters
0: mm-hmm. of
1: paul you've got letters in the old testament as well so yeah i think i think the way i, I just the bible itself god gave us his inspired word through these different genres. And I just assume they all matter. Like they all matter. There's, it's like, it's a great example would be, you have the historical narrative of what takes place when the children of Israel cross through the Red Sea. And then right after that, you've got the song of Miriam and all the Israelites, when they poetically sing about how God defeated for them Pharaoh's armies and how they crossed over into over the Red Sea. So, um, so, I mean, it's, it's right there, like right back to back, you've got two different genres that are going over the same kind of material. And so I just think there's something to be said about how our imaginations need to be, um, um, you know, ignited by the different genres that are out there. And so in, in, in my putting together the prayer journey, I, I, I think there's something special about, uh, you know, you you read the gospel reading right after you've sung an Old Testament song that's foretelling the coming of Jesus or what Jesus is going to be like or what Jesus is going to do with it, you know, through his people or whatnot. And then, and then, you know, and then following that up by a prayer of the church, other Christians who have gone before us who believe the same things that we believe. Uh, as we, as we come to this text, you know, responding in faith with others. Um, and then, you know, and I, and I just, we talked a lot about structure. I just do want to say there is a place both in the morning and the evening prayer that is, it's called intercessions and personal requests where, I mean, I do it every single time is I'm, I pray for whatever's top of mind. I bring to the Lord, my personal requests. I'm interceding for other people. I've got people that I'm praying through right now. I'm doing an interim pastor at a, uh, at a church here locally. And I'm praying, I pray through a page of the directory every time I get through there where I'm praying for, you know, these precious church members that I'm getting to serve right now. Um, so there, and, and that's all spontaneous. It's not written down. It's not just, so there is a place where I think where we just come and we just talk with the Lord and we just commune mm-hmm. with him and we, we bring our petitions and our requests to him. Um, but I think I I think that spontaneity works really well in an overarching structure that has, like you mentioned, these different kinds of genres that we see in the Bible. Anyway, that we want to lift up in our in the way we pray.
0: Yeah, I think a blend of structure and spontaneity is where you you really see uh, great things happen. Um, you know, because I, I often tell people once again to kind of make sure we don't overcorrect here on the structure side. You know, I'll, I often tell people whenever they're in like a longer period of praying, whether it's a devotion, maybe it's a, um, you know, once a week where they go for a walk, a longer walk to, and, and pray. And they often say, well, like, I have such a hard time not allowing my mind to wonder. What I often tell people is, is, well, just allow your mind to wonder and talk to God about wherever it's going. Because I've experienced, and I know other people have too, that whenever you do that, very often, I think that the Spirit is leading you to something He wants to Reveal to you, you know, I, I that's happened to me before, where I'm on a walk or in a long time of prayer, and I I don't fight those wandering thoughts, but instead I just kind of see it as like, okay, me and the Lord are following something here. There's something on my heart that I maybe even I don't realize it, but I need to talk to Him about, and it's brought some uh, some at different times, you know, not always, but it's brought some great moments of. God revealing something to me that was going on in my heart that I didn't realize or giving me an answer to something that I was wrestling with. And so, um, and so yeah, you know, there is room for spontaneity in there. But once again, I think that it's, uh, it's most likely to be powerful spontaneity whenever it happens within that structure um, because you have been training yourself to be open and receptive to God's presence, to the Spirit's leading. And then that allows that spontaneity to actually lead somewhere that's fruitful.
1: Yeah, I love that idea of, you know, paying attention to where your mind is wandering. And and that like, there's a little bit of a, you know, if a kid's wandering away, you know, and uh, as a father, sometimes you got to go like, you know, follow off, follow them off where they're wandering or bring them back or to kind of ask why they're wandering out there. But there's something about following your wanderings with prayer, like letting your prayer chase where your wandering is going. Uh, And then there's also something to be said, though, if you get too far afield, just, you know kind of bringing yourself back to whatever mm-hmm. path you want to be on as you want. So I, I love that. I think there's, um, I, I think we've got to depressurize somewhat the, the feeling of, you know, the constant, Hey, this is what a successful prayer life looks like. I mean, like you talk about, you know, the people that got up and prayed for two hours every morning or whatnot. I mean, I love stories like that, but sometimes they make everyone feel like a failure, you know, like yeah. I, and, and I get that. And, and, and I realize even with, you know, praying 30 times, you know, 30 days in a row, three times a day is 90 periods of prayer. Okay. That is a lot for um, people that are not used to this kind of structure. And so I I even say in the introduction on this, uh, don't beat yourself up if you, you know, have an entire day where you go without uh, doing this, or you miss one of the readings, or you... Like, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's kind of like workout coaches will tell you, you get, you know, you want to get your reps in, but you, but you don't necessarily like to, if you, if you fall off the, the, the wagon a day or whatever and you don't get any reps in, well, then don't like, oh my goodness, I failed. I can't, I, you know, I can't go on. Like, it's, it's not that kind of a thing. This is the kind of thing. It's a spiritual exercise. No, it's a spiritual exercise. For some people, the idea of even doing what we've been talking about, where it's, you know, 30 min- minutes a day, stretched out over three spans is just going to seem it, it would be like telling someone you know i want you to do a three-minute plank and you've never prepared for that you know or let drop and do you know 30 push push-up or thir- 30 push-ups or whatever like for someone who's not you know even trained to do five or ten yeah. so i just want to tell people hey just get going get going at the pace that you can work your way up to this if you can't do it the first 30 days that's fine you know like, depressurize this. This is a, this is about, uh, I think we all share the same heart here. It's about, it's about coming to know the Lord and better. And it's wanting to grow in our relationship with him. It's wanting to get closer to what Paul is talking about when he talks about praying continually. If we beat ourselves up every time our minds wander or every time we don't, you know, we miss a prayer time or whatnot, that's not the kind of father we're praying to anyway. Uh, the Father delights to hear from us. The Father wants to commune with us. I, I like to tell people you know that when you pray, and I do recommend a a specific space that you that you hallow that you sanctify in your home, where this is kind of the place that you will go um for at least a couple of those prayer times you know where you know if you want to light a candle that has a certain fragrance or if you want to have like a particular nook or some place or a couch or a particular chair or a desk or whatever it might be. Uh, where that's where that your prayer, like incense, goes to the Lord. Uh, there's something really special about space here, because I, I like to tell people, you will pray more when you realize that when you come before the Lord in prayer, you are praying to your Father, and He is right there. You are pressed up against a thin space between this dimension and heaven. Heaven's not some far away, distant place. It's a different dimension that we are not able to to, to see or to hear, but it's right there. And you are right pressed up against that sin space. And we know that we have the spirit praying through us and we have our older brother, Jesus, who's also interceding for us right next to us. Mm-hmm. So if you think about prayer in that way, if you really think about what the Bible teaches about what's going on in this moment of prayer, I think you'll be much more inclined to do so rather than if you think of it as simply an obligation, simply checking off a box, simply something that you're trying to get through, that you're beating yourself up about because you don't feel like you're doing it well.
0: Yeah, that's good. And yeah, I just want to emphasize the point that you made about space. And that is really important. Um, Not only because going to the same spot can help you build consistency. um, You know, uh, Little things like uh, whenever you sit down to work on homework, you're a student or a project like putting on your headphones putting on the same playlist just kind of helps you get into that rhythm you know like like working out you know you got your workout playlist it helps you get into that rhythm but space is really important too you know just think um to continue using the the workout analogies uh gyms are designed in a certain way they aren't designed to look like libraries they are designed to um to make it as easy as possible for you to go in there and do the exercises you need to do like the space is designed for that and it's important to remember that we're not um as uh, james k smith said in that book what was that the name of that book it's about the heart habits it's on camera but he said
1: you are what you love
0: you are what you love yeah yeah. Uh, yeah he said we're not brains on a stick right and uh so one of the implications of that is that we are people who um who inhabit spaces and uh, those spaces uh, uh have an impact on us they they Encourage and discourage certain actions and behaviors, and so yeah, choose that spot, and then once you choose that spot, use it for regularity to help you build that habit, and then also you know make make it beautiful or whatever you need to do that uh, that continues to encourage that mindfulness of God's presence and continues continues to encourage that habit, whether it be with the type of chair you sit in uh, or a bench that you kneel at. I know some people do that. Um, you know artwork like you said before a candle or a coffee drink whatever it is um to to continue supporting that habit one thing i was want to ask you about is and you already touched on this but you know you so it's a you have you have a 30-day plan three times a day well you know what happens whenever we go through a season of busyness just an overwhelming schedule with work or family or we just go through a season of struggle and we're we're having a very hard time sticking with those normal disciplines and we feel like we're starting to slip do you think that uh something like the structure of this book and what you're trying to do here helps with that or is help with that something that you need that goes beyond just the specific plan that you're doing so so what's your like advice or encouragement to people for whenever they start to struggle with holding these disciplines
1: Right. I mean, there are times when you are, when, when you get to be really busy and there are times when seasons are such that you may be, you may be traveling a lot, or you may be in and out of the house. You're not in that specific space where you do this on a regular, I travel a lot and I I take my prayer book with me. Uh, but sometimes I don't have it with me in the midday during the midday when I'm out somewhere. And so I got to catch up that reading that night or I, you know, I, or I skip a midday and just do the evening prayer before bed or whatever. Um, yeah, there are going to be seasons where. That's just, that's just the nature of, of what it is. And like I said, this is a guide meant to help you. It's not meant to chain you. Um, but I, I, would, I would say, um, although you may be really busy, sometimes too busy that you skip a meal here and there, generally we get our two or three meals a day in. So if we've got enough time to eat, we, we've got more time than we realize. It may mean that we got to put the phone down and not, not scroll some in the evening when we're really tired, or we've got to, you know, we're going to turn off Netflix or we're going to do whatever it is that, that that's going on. That's, you know, really, you know, occupying some of our time. I, I I think even in the busiest seasons, that's where the structure really helps because if you're already used to it and instinctually you're, you're going to, to do it. Like if you're someone who brushes your teeth twice a day, if you skip a night, that's just not going to happen very often because you already have gotten into the habit of this is what you do in the morning and the evening. Mm -hmm. The same is true with prayer. It just, eventually it just becomes part of this is who you are. This is what you do. Um, and so that's what you, that's where you want to get. Um, I, I think there are times when, you know, you'll miss something. And I think that's to be expected. I think, you know, life is unpredictable at times and that's just the way life is. But, um, I think we turn to the I'm too busy rationale w- way faster than we, than, than we could or should. Yeah. And I, I, I've got to kind of put it down to like if, if at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I think about it with our relationships, with our, with our kids or something. If basically we're saying over and over again, I'm too busy to spend time with my son or I'm too busy to spend time with my wife or I'm too busy to do this or that, at some point you're like, okay, then you may be too busy because like that relationship really matters. And so I think the same is true when it comes to, to prayer. If we're just consistently saying we're too busy to spend even, you know, a 10 minute prayer session with, with the father, then I think we got to just, we got to look at the priorities that we've set up and the structure we've already set up in our life. Cause like I said, there is structure in your life. It just may not be great structure, but there's already some structure there. And so, you know, work with that structure to get to make prayer one of the pillars of your day. That's my, that's my, you know, exhortation in that yeah. way. And again, not in a way of saying you must do this to be a good Christian. It's really a way of, you know, what kind of Christian do you want to be? What what kind of person has God called us to be? And what kind of father do we have that delights to meet with us? Uh, that's the that's the the goal and the intention and the heart behind putting some structure around this
0: yeah that's good i think that on the one hand we whenever we go through seasons like that we need to try to figure out how do we integrate uh uh, God into the busyness, and so if it is a time where you know this is going to be a short season, just got to get through it, and then on the other side, I'll have less of my plate. You know, if you if you have seasons of business, then that's okay. Like we all experience that. If you're always busy, then like you're, you said a moment ago, then that's a problem. <laughs> but if you're well, going through the season, I would just want
1: to say, yeah. I, at the end of the day, though, when you pray three times a day, you you move away from thinking, "How do I integrate God into my busy life?" And you actually start to ask the question, how do I integrate my busy life into God?
0: Mm.
1: Like, yeah. that's really where you want to get is you want, you don't want to figure out how do I work God into my life, but how do I set the entire frame of my life within who God is and what he has called me to be and what he has done for me. And that, that's, that only will happen through the, the practice, the habitual turning your life you know, going before God again and again and again, that where where your 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 day is structured around this rather than trying to figure out how to fit this into a structure you already have for your life.
0: Yeah. No, that that is so good. That is so good. And that that's a really convicting uh, you know, question to ask. Am I trying to fit God into my busyness or allow life to fit wherever else, you know, around God. Um That's good. Yeah, I think another thing is that we often use busyness as an excuse to not go into that time where there's going to be quiet, there's going to be space, and the anxieties that we're holding down at the bottom of our heart are going to be allowed to bubble up. I think we often use the busyness and the distractions of everything going on in social life or on uh, digital media, streaming apps, social media apps. We're using all that stuff really as a distraction to stay away from that quiet place where where the Lord can start to reveal some things in our heart, convict us of sin, or where we have to face the anxieties, uh, the the doubts that we're hiding down beneath the surface. I really think that's what's happening a, a lot of the time, because as you said before, we make time to eat. We We make time for the things that are important for us, even if it's a little bit of time, you know, every parent knows that like sometimes you put the kids to bed and (laughs) like you just have a little bit of time for each other before you've got to go to bed yourself, but you, but you make, uh, you make time for it. One thing that I encourage people to do is to turn on the screen time, uh, uh, feature on your phone. Um, even if you're not putting limits on it, just turn on the feature for a, a month so that you can see, you know, and actually quantify the amount of time that you're spending on your phone, on social media, or whatever else it is, you know, and then, and then ask yourself, okay, do I really not have time? Do I really not have 30 minutes a day to spend in prayer? Because yeah, I, I have my mind turned on and every week it sends me a notification. And every week is very convicting. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And you know, I think we have more opportunities for distraction today, but it's not like that is a new temptation. Um it's fascinating to me to like one of the one of the things you read even from someone like Blaise Pascal and the you know in the 1600s as he talks about one of humanity's chief problems is the inability to sit quietly in a room alone mm-hmm. with our thoughts right and i'm thinking boy they didn't even have phones back then what were they so distracted by but we <laughs> we find things to distract ourselves with and i read a book last year uh, or earlier this year actually about um the the challenges that that particular you know monks have had over the years in monasteries and whatnot so here you have people who have dedicated their entire lives to study reflection, prayer, and whatnot. And the the amount of energy that they talk about having to expend in trying to keep their minds on track, on trying to avoid the, the wandering, the restlessness, the, mm. the uh, it's, it's just fascinating that even people that have devoted themselves to that are, are, are constantly facing temptation or distraction or whatever it might be. And so I don't think that's a new temptation. It's just one that in our era, it's just easier and easier to to fall into distractions and to think we're being productive or to think we're just connecting or that we're you know just doing whatever leisure time we have. And so I think we just have to challenge that. And we have to pull that back and say, okay, I know my heart is going to wander. That's the nature of, of my heart. I know my mind is going to wander. I know that distractions are everywhere around me. How do I reorient myself to God and his purposes? And for me, the three times a day approach is is one way of recentering myself.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Well, we're about to close, but before we go, do you have any last encouragements or just anything that you hope that readers will take away from the book, um, take listeners take away from listening to this podcast?
1: Yeah, I just I hope that the heart of of everyone listening is you want to become more like Jesus. So, if you want to become more like Jesus, encountering him, spending time in the gospels is a great way to do that. Uh, spending time in the Psalms is a great way to do that. That was Jesus' songbook. So whichever journey you decide to start with, whether it's Psalms in 30 Days or Life of Jesus in 30 Days, I hope you'll give it a, a shot. Um, if you've ever gone to prayer and you've wondered, boy, I need to pray more, if you've ever felt that, or you've ever felt like, I don't know what to pray, this these two these resources will help you with that. Because it will will give you some scriptural sustenance. At the same time, it will structure prayer in such a way that you are joining your voice to thousands of other people who are praying through the same songs, praying through these same Psalms that are, that are uh, um, going before the father. And it, it, hopefully I, my prayer is that it will revolutionize your prayer life the way it has mine.
0: That's great. And I hope the same thing as well for anyone who gets the book and uh, decides to, to start wherever you are, you know, start wherever you are. Even if you can't do three times a day, get it and start with the morning and evening and then, read it again this year and do the three times with we'll start wherever you are. And, uh, and I hope the same thing for you guys. If you're interested in picking up a copy of the book, just go to the description down below and click on the show notes. And I'll have it linked in the show notes so that you can order a copy of, uh, life of Jesus in 30 days. Uh, I'll go ahead and link, uh, trevin's other prayer book and their uh psalms in 30 days so that you guys can uh look at both of them and pick up either one or both of them you know new year's coming up soon and so i'm sure a lot of us are looking for some new resources for uh for our devotional times and spiritual growth so i'll have both of those linked in there but trevin thanks so much for your time i uh, appreciate you coming back on the show today always enjoy uh when we get to talk so thanks for coming on filter today
1: aaron thanks for having me great preaching you